Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, I thank you for today and for your spirit and for the people that are here today, Father. And Lord, we thank you, God, for the way that you speak to our hearts when we're together, Lord. We thank you for your presence, Father, that just draws us to you and together in one heart. In Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, uh, that you would speak through me. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I was going about printing this, uh, some notes here. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't print the way I had wanted it to print. It was printing double-sided. It was printing upside down. And, and I called for Lisa and I said, honey, what, what's going on with this thing here? And she said, oh, it's just, it's the default setting. You know, if you don't take a minute and, and change it, it, it's set there for some reason. And it, and it really reminded me of something that I was, had been thinking about um, over the past week or two. And that really is, is, is our need to, to change the default settings in our life. Just the, the natural reactions and the things that the way we normally think, our normal reaction, uh, these are, are caused by things that have happened to us, the way we were raised, maybe even the, the, the genetically, who knows, uh, about how we respond to situations and our patterns of thinking. And I was thinking about how God, uh, before Joshua and the children of Israel were to go into the promised land, his main instructions to Joshua were that this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But I want you to meditate therein day and night, and then you're going to make your way a success. And basically what he was saying is, listen, you can't be successful until you change the way you think, until you break old patterns of thinking, old patterns of behavior, old patterns of, of even emotional responses. God says, I want to break that, and I want you to do it systematically through my word. I was also reminded of when Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, how many people want freedom and breakthrough and deliverance in your life, right? I don't know about you, but I want that. And God says it's, it's systematic. As you hear, as the word of God and the truth of what the word of God says makes its stay and its implant upon our hearts, we begin to walk in freedom. Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you got to stay there. It's got to make a branding. It's got to make a change. And I think sometimes that, that we think, at least, and I guess I'm talking to me, I think, you know, well, one swoop and it will do. I'll just take a look and, um, and that'll do it. No, God says, I want, you, I want it to transform you. It's got to transform the way we think. It's got to transform the way we live in Jesus' name. So uh, I would say maybe that this would be just one way to change the default setting. Uh, one idea that, that I wanted to bring today, uh, and it's about the, the worth and the value of God, um, and that God is uh, a treasure. Uh, our God is so w wonderful and, and worth our time and worth our 
themselves. The Bible says in Matthew 13, 44, that the kingdom of God is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has, and he buys that field. The, the kingdom of God is something of great value, but God himself is of great value. When the wise men were, were seeking out Jesus, the Bible says that they came into the house and they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and that they fell down and worshiped him. And when they'd opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. How many of you know what those three gifts were? They were gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, gold is gold. But frankincense and myrrh are, are similar. Uh, one of them is like an incense or a fragrance. Incense, frankincense. But myrrh is what they used to use for the anointing oil in the Old Testament. The priests would use that substance for the oil that would sanctify something. And basically what they were saying was, I, I'm choosing this gift about what I'm going to give God with intentionality. It's like, because of who he is, I want to give something that's going to be meaningful to his identity and to his character. Uh, first of all, I'm going to give God something that, that matters to me. I'm going to give God something that that's, has worth to me. And, and that represents the goal. But then I want to give him something that would matter to him too. And the... Uh, I was thinking about this time of the year, you know, where we go and, and we want to bless our loved ones. We want to go, we want to find that special gift that would uh, bring joy to the heart of, of the one that we love. And, and I wonder sometimes if we see God that way and we say, God, you know, I just want to come before you because you mean so much to me. What can I give you, God? And, you know, we were singing that song, what can I give? What can I give God? What does he need? The Bible says that they came and they worshipped him. They bowed down and worshipped him. And the Bible says in, in Isaiah that he really doesn't take joy in burnt sacrifices, but a humble and a contrite spirit. This is the one I want to look upon. This is the one that I want in my presence. Somebody that trembles at my word. Oh, bless the Lord with me. Come, let us exalt his name together. Psalm 34. Listen. Let us make our boast in the Lord. The humble are going to hear it, and it's going to make them glad. Can I tell you that the prideful don't get glad when they hear the praises of God? It's kind of foolishness. It's awkward. It's like, um, nah. That doesn't strike the right chord with me. But the humble, when, when you hear the praises of God, it makes you glad. It makes you happy. Because it acknowledges who he is, and he is a treasure to those that find him here on the earth. Amen? Father, we praise you. We thank you for your goodness. You know, the people that were around Jesus, he had like a major reaction. Have you ever been around somebody and it was like, man, when I'm around that person, ah, something just comes alive in me. I think maybe for Lou, it was over the, over the weekend there, that that. Uh, nurse. It was like, man, there's just something about this gal. She just made my day. Well, when people were around Jesus, they were changed and transformed. The Pharisees sent spies. They said, listen, this guy's causing trouble, and we need to stop him in his tracks, and we need to stop him now. And when they came, they were just... They came back and they said, listen, we've never heard anybody talk like this man before. I don't know what to tell you. There's something different about this guy. He's no ordinary man. 
When Nathaniel met him, he said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. Jesus, listen, Nathaniel, I saw you under that fig tree. Here's, a, here's an Israelite in whom there's no deceit. Listen, I know you from birth, and I knew you 10 minutes ago when you were standing under that fig tree. Nathaniel says, you've made an impression upon me, Lord. Wow, you are the son of God. You know, Lisa and I were, were at a, a store recently, and we were looking uh, into, a, into actually a, a, a baseball team. He's not in here, praise God. Um, as like a birthday pre- a Christmas gift for my son. And we met this coach, and he's telling us about the schedule and, um, and I said, listen, you know, we, we tried travel ball before on Sundays. And that, that just doesn't work for us. It's just, you know, we're, we go to church on Sunday morning. It's, it's not going to, you know, he says, you know what? You're a Christian? I said, yeah. He said, I'm a Christian. He says, you know, these other coaches, they, they want me to coach, but it's going to be hard for me too because I want to go to church on Sunday, you know. Where do you go to church? Where do you go to Esau? You know, he's at, and I said, well, you know, well, we go here, and oh, what do you do at church? He's asking all these questions. Man, this guy's all lit up. He's this young kid. And, and finally, we just kind of submitted, and we, we just begin to talk about our faith a little bit. And, and we, you know, hey, I, you know, I was raised Catholic, but, you know, I started going to this church, and it changed my life. It changed my life, he kept saying. And, and Lisa and I are just like, well, praise God. We're not going to talk about baseball, but we're going to talk about that. And that was okay. And, and you know what? But we ended up making a connection with this young man. And we got in the car. I thought, honey, now wait a minute. He said, did he say he went like a free Methodist church? I had, we had a hard time following his story. And Lisa says, I don't know, but he met Jesus. <laughs> Come on, he met Jesus. You know, when you meet Jesus, he changes your life. He has an effect on you. He's no ordinary man. He's a treasure. If you could find him and get him in your life, everything changes. This isn't a religion. Jesus is alive, amen? The Apostle Paul, um, he put a great value on Jesus. He said, the things that I thought were most important in my life, I was hoping the kids would be in here for this one, they're dog water, (laughs) weak sauce. He called it dung. My education, my status in society, all the things I've worked for, you know, the things that I've been trying to prove myself. He said, listen, I'm done proving myself to people. I'm done proving myself to God. God came and he showed me his value and who he is. And he put that value and that treasure on me. And he said, listen, you matter to me. I was reading a book by, I read a book by a Jewish rabbi about facing fear. Uh, rabbi Shmuley Botik. Is that how you say his name? Pa- Pastor Ned gave me that book. It was on a shelf. I said, Pastor, this is a Jewish rabbi. He says, read it. It's a good book. I said, I'll read it. Anyway, the basic premise of, of, of Shmuley, and he, what a, what a wisdom of this guy, I'm telling you. I mean, I know he, anyway, the basic premise of his book was that we spend our lives in fear because we're afraid that our lives don't matter and that they're not going to matter. And we spend our lives fearing that and spending our lives working, trying to impress people, showing them we matter, showing them who we are, working so hard to matter, to feel good, to have value in our life. God says, get rid of all that. I want to give you value. The value is the gift of my son, and he is for you, and I want you to have him. And when you have him, and when you get this treasure in earthen vessels, you become transformed because a great light has shown now. 
now. The darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. And that light and that treasure now is going to become inside you. And it's going to break forth and it's going to change your life. Amen. So we mat- you matter to God. Your life matters to God. God said, I've put such an investment in my son. Listen, the Bible says he's the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. He's in the bosom of the father. This is my beloved son, and I'm giving him to you because you matter to me. There's another another, uh, parable right after Matthew uh, 13 44, it's in Matthew 13, 45. Listen to this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking beautiful pearls, who when he had found one pearl of great price, he went and he sold all and he bought it. God says, I'm going to sell my son. I'm going to give him to you because you are a pearl of great price. And I want to ask you a question. Who determines your value? Do the research studies do it? Do your friends do it? Do adults do it? Who are the people that determine value in life? Can I tell you, God knows what value looks like. He's the creator. He created human. This this is a merchant word. He knows pearls. This is no ordinary person that said this is a fine pearl. This is a merchant who knows pearls. And he said, I know value when I see it, and you matter to me. And that's why I gave my son, because I wanted to have you. I know what value looks like. I created humanity. I know what human looks like, and I know what human value looks like, and I put great value upon the people that I died for. But you're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. The Bible says in the Old Covenant that if you you saw what I did in Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings, and I think all of us can identify uh, how God brought us. Lord, I, if it wasn't for you, I know I wouldn't have made it here. I know that you had a hand in this. But now what? Now, if you will fully obey me, if you'll trust me, keep my covenant, and then out of all the nations, you're going to be my treasured possession. God says, you're a treasure to me. You know, when I leave the house, I've got to make sure I have my ID on me. You know, we, we make sure that we have the things with us that matter. And I wonder if we maybe take what the word says a little bit more seriously than when it says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one thing we need, you know. When we leave the house, we need to have Jesus. When we leave this earth, we need to have Jesus. As we walk through this life, we think there's a lot of different things that matter, but there's really not that many things that matter. There's really only one thing that matters, and that's Jesus. And everything else works its way off of that. 
And we got, we got it backwards. You see, we, we kind of feel like if I could get all these things in my life straightened out first, then I'll find my way to purpose and to value and to Jesus. No, he says, you've got it backward. Just find me. Put your value in me. Give me your time, your attention, and your trust. And then I'll work out all the other things in your life. And I'll give value to everything else in your life because you put value on the one true thing that has value. And that's my son, Jesus Christ. we got to bring him with us. He's the resurrection and the life. You know, treasure is tried. We're a great treasure to God. But the evidence that we matter to God is that he tests us, that we have to go through things. You see, they don't put plastic in the fire because it's going to melt. Plastic is a problem, but that's another issue. They put gold in a fire. Why? So that the things that are wrong with that gold can rise up to the surface. And so it can be skimmed off and so that you can move on into victory. What if we looked at problems because they're not going to go away. I, I kind of feel like, at least for me, you know, it's like, God, I kind of thought I had a handle on this, but now this is here. Come on. I thought I was doing good. Well, actually, you are doing pretty good. Because God said, I told you that many are the tribulations of the righteous, but the Lord's going to deliver them out of them all. Yeah. Count it all joy when you encounter diverse testings and trials, knowing that the trying of your faith, the testing of your faith produces endurance and that you may be complete in lacking nothing. God says, listen, I don't judge in the formative stages. That'd be unfair. We don't go watch the Buffalo Bills practice their inner squad scrimmage on a Tuesday. We don't pay for that. Why? Because they're going to make mistakes on Tuesday taking a look at that new defense. Amen? No, we go to watch them on a Sunday when they're ready to go. God says, listen, you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, but you're in a growing process. No more would I judge you in the formative stage than you would judge a child in onesies. You're going to grow. You're going to encounter problems on this. Come on, somebody say amen. You're going to encounter people. There's good. The heat's going to be put on your life, but listen, the heat is there so that the bad can rise to the top. If you don't have the heat, you don't get the impurity. Impurities to rise. And if the impurities don't rise, then you can't skim them off and get them out of there. We got to see problems that way. <sighs> Things happen. I want to be, I don't want to be too personal. I don't want to, who cares? I bet, you know, just this anger that's been coming out of me. Anger. And then I tell my kids I'm sorry. And then, it's, and then just anger comes back. It's like, word, come on. And then I'm thinking, man, I can't keep apologizing to my kids. They're not going to take me serious here, you know. I think it's better to acknowledge that you're wrong. Amen. Yeah. And then when that happens, I feel like a failure. It's like, man, I don't have a handle on this. If I was a real good Christian, I wouldn't be angry, you know. Pastors, help me with that. Amen, amen. When that 
anger, or you fill in the blank in your life, whatever it is that's coming up to the surface, whatever it is, you know, the, when the heat reveals that, it's for a reason, okay? Amen. Let's believe that this is a part of God's refining process in our lives so that we're coming out gold. Listen, in the, in the book of Revelation, Jesus said it like this. He said, listen, I want to counsel you. And I just, maybe I'll end here, I don't know. Revelations 3. It's in the context of the lukewarm church. Now, how many people want to be warm? We got hands for warm? How many people want to be hot? Give me hands for hot, okay? How many people want to be on fire, like zealous on fire for God? Okay, more hands for that. That's a good thing. It's a Pentecostal church. All right. <laughs> you want to be, we want to be hot. Jesus says in, in Revelations 3, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire. So he says, listen, I want to give you some advice, and I'm the great counselor, remember. <laughs> right? I'm counseling you right now. Now, this is in the context of the lukewarm church. If you read all of, if you read chapter 3, he's talking to people that are lukewarm. They, they're kind of like, oh, yeah, I go to church, but whatever, dude. I mean, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll not. Jesus, oh, yeah, okay. You know, he's nice. This is the lukewarm church. And he said, I want you to purchase gold refined in fire. Now, listen. At the end of that, he said, who I love, I chasten and I rebuke. So therefore, I want you to be zealous. I want you to be on fire. Whoa, I'll do that. Let's go. And repent. And repent. Acknowledge the things in your life that are causing a barrier between you and God. Acknowledge the things in your life that are coming to the surface that you're having to deal with. God says, come, let us contend together. The two of us need to deal with it, not just you. This is, this is a you and me thing. This is a refining process where my spirit is going to transform and bring help to the areas of your life. But you have to see that you've got to buy this from me. It's going to cost you something. You might have to give up some entertainment time. That was for me, not for you, sorry. You might have to pay the price of a little bit of entertainment. you got to pay for that so that you could have something better. He says you might have to drop that time waster or that relationship so that you can purchase something better. I have something of greater value for you. And I'm giving you wise counsel. I want you to come to me and I want you to purchase it. I've got it right on the table and it's got your name on it. And I'm not going to try to coax you into it. I'm telling you once, this is the truth. Because I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I would never lie to you. The fact that you're being tested is evidence that you have value to God. Uh, treasure in heaven. Jesus says, stop worrying about your life. Stop worrying about your life. Seek first the kingdom. Lay up treasure in heaven. Don't worry about treasure here on the earth. Don't worry about treasure. Listen, I'm going to add to all that. I already told you I would. It's a promise. 
Delight yourself also in the Lord. He's going to give you the desires of your heart. He just wants to be first place. Christ, preeminence, first place. He deserves it, doesn't he? Doesn't he deserve it? Hallelujah. Our God is worthy. He's so awesome. He's been misrepresented. He loves us. He's worth it. He is a great treasure. But listen, I'm going to add houses, lands. If you suffer loss, you're going to get it back. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then, don't worry. I know you're worried about the, the car, and I know you're worried about the clothes, and I know you're worried about the relationship. I'm going to take care of that. But put a higher value upon me. Amen? I've called you to a life of eternal significance. Measly old me. How do we lay up treasure in heaven? Let, 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 just, and that's it. I was praying, I've heard, you know, you can look at it very simply. Well, don't worry about money. You know, worry about the, the money in heaven. And, but I, I was reminded of the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, where Jesus said there was a, a steward that, that left each person under his charge with a certain amount of talents or money and he says listen I've given this to you and now I want you to do something with it and and God has given each of us a talent God has given each of us and they said well wait a minute though hold on I'm not out there leading the worship hold on a second God says whatever I give you when you put me first and you do everything you do to the glory of God I'm in it and I'm on it and it's a part of who you are in my kingdom and God's not religious like that. I mean, he understands. When we go out into whatever we go out into, God says, I've given you talents. But I want you to be heaven-minded. I want you to see what you're doing as useful for the kingdom. And I want you to use what I've given you, and I want you to build treasure in heaven. Because that is going to build eternal significance. Don't get caught up in the things that don't matter. And there are a lot of things that don't matter. Amen? So God has an assignment. We've got to stop comparing ourselves to others. God will reveal to us his assignment, his purpose for our life, how we are to store up that treasure in heaven, the treasure that he's given us, the abilities, the giftings. You say, God, I, 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 don't, I don't know, and people don't understand me. And God said, I understand you. I created you. I put the DNA code into you, and I know your purpose. Amen. And the last thing I want to say is, and I want to kind of go back to problems. We have, I have, I'm thinking all of us, there's an impatience with the imperfections that we see in our lives. There's a frustration with the things that we see that are not going right. But God wants us to face them head on. And I feel like we need to stop running away from things that we need to face. God says, this is coming up because you got to deal with it. You got to deal with it. You got to deal with this. You got to deal with that person. You got to deal with that situation. 
It's time to deal with it. And you can do it. And the fear is that we're not going to be able to handle it. If I confront this thing, I'm not going to be able to handle it. Things are going to fall apart. I won't be able to handle it. God says, you can handle it. Let's do it together. Amen? Amen. So what am I saying? I'm saying that God is the greatest treasure that we could find in our life. I'm saying that he not only is a treasure, but he puts his treasure into us. And he values us as treasured possession. That that treasured possession has to go through a refining process. And that God has has called us to build treasure, to build heavenly currency that matters with eternal significance. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.